What's up, y'all? <laughs> What's going on? Happy Monday. Happy Monday, y'all. I'm back. I'm here. I'm rolling on my live chats all good. I'm here on uh, TikTok again. <laughs> I got three people watching. Um, so what's up? Shout out TikTok. Shout out TikTok. What's going on? Um, going to start doing good news for my dudes. Clips. Not full streams, but clips. And I'm going to post them on my TikTok more regularly and my Instagram and all my socials and stuff. Um, so be on the lookout for that. And... Um, What's going on, Sed? My boy Sed. I got my mod in the chat, Sed of Vacantas. Hopefully he can get back. He can, we're going to have him on the stream like a month ago. Hopefully he can get things uh, worked out with his, uh, <laughs> with the guy he's got to work things out with uh, at the farm. And uh, he can come on the stream sometime and talk to y'all. But welcome in. I'm Jonathan Corey. You know me. You might hate me, but you know me. <laughs> You're watching right now. You can find me at Jonathan Corey on all the stuff. Uh, the links are JonathanCorey.com or Linktree slash Jonathan Corey. Um, I did have a guest lined up. So TikTok, I'm not going to be able to go live when I have a guest. You're going to have to get my streams, my live streams to watch and see that. Otherwise, you'll just be sitting here watching me listen to a person <laughs> and like ask a question and then just sit in silence. Um, you also can't hear the uh, beats that everyone can hear, which by the way, tonight is a new track. I'm doing house music because I'm in a house music vibe this summer. Um, love me some house. You cannot stop the house. Can't stop the house. You know what I mean? But yeah, I had a guest lined up. Awesome dude from my Bible study. Really interesting life. Very similar to mine. We were going to talk. We were going to talk politics, conspiracy theories, our testimonies, just everything. But uh, he couldn't make it work. He's got. He's real busy. He's a busy boy right now. So uh, we're going to have him hop on the stream in a month or two. And yeah, hear what he has to say. Really interesting guy. With a lot of interesting things to say. So uh, instead of the homie being here tonight, we're going to read and talk about this blog that I wrote and published last week about deliverance, about biblical deliverance. And uh, just going to answer whatever, um, you know, questions and comments you guys have for me in the chat. If you want me to roll into some topic or if you want to hop on the stream, you can hop on my discord and let me know and we can like debate or talk. <laughs> um, but yeah, next week I have an awesome stream for y'all. It's not episode 99 next Monday night, July 18th. Um, as always, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central Time. Um, and then I got a special two-part episode 100 going. Um, and that's going to be Thursday. I'm going to air a two-part episode 100 on Thursday night. That is July 22nd. The 22nd. So catch it live. It's going to be uh, highlights, so it's going to be like um, just a bunch of clips and highlights from all the previous 99 episodes. <laughs> all the people, all the chats, all my highlights, my, my highlights, my lowlights, the start of the journey all the way to now, right? The first 100 episodes, well, the first 99 episodes. Um, so I'm not going to be there live talking or chatting, you know, sending me chats or whatever live you know, I might see them later on, but comment on it. If you, wherever you watch the video or listen to it on your podcast, comment on it. Let me know what you think just about everything, the clips, the highlights, the uh, highlights and the lowlights, the good and the bad that you've experienced with me on this journey so far 
on this channel. Uh, 99 episodes. 99 plus episodes, because I've done some stuff that wasn't technically one of these episodes. Um, other previous interviews and stuff and whatnot and things, you know. But, um, yeah, just let me know what you think. Everything. This whole uh, stream's existence <laughs> and the journey I've been on these last uh, few years doing this. Um, yeah, again, that's going to be Thursday night. So episode 100 is a two-part video, like prepared two-part video and podcast stream that's going to premiere on Thursday night, July 22nd. Um, so catch that. Tune in for that. Next week, episode 99, normal place, normal time, right here, Monday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. And um, wait, I got comments? Swipe right to view comments. But I don't have comments. Swipe left to close. Oh, you're notifying me that I'm live. Okay, thank you. Thank you, TikTok. <laughs> Thanks, Chinama. Thanks, Chinama on TikTok. I, I am aware that I am live. Thank you. But yeah, right on. Enough rambling. After that, after episode 100, I got three awesome guests lined up. We got some Manosphere dudes. We got some masculine homies. We got some, like, dudes that teach boys and young men how to become men, you know? We got three awesome, manly, masculine dudes. Run, one, two, three, all back-to-back. -back. Um, I don't even know what dates are those. What would that be? The 25th, the 1st, and the 8th. Um, so, boom, boom, boom. We got three awesome guests right in a row. Um, after episode 100. So uh, again, yeah, thank you for being here. <laughs> Even though this is night one, this is the first first time tuning in. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you if you've tuned in once in a while or if you've just been with me this whole time. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all, truly. Thank you. Yeah, coming up on that uh, lucky number 100. And if you're here tonight with me, uh, I got a couple, couple people on TikTok. I got my boy Sed. I got a couple people on YouTube, DLive, Odyssey. One person on Odyssey creeping. Always that one person on Twitch. There's always literally just one person watching on Twitch. <laughs> just creeping on me. I don't know if that's like my FBI handler or what. But uh, shout out to my one Twitch homie that's just always here. Never commenting or chatting. Uh, <laughs> shout out. I guess you know who you are, right? Um, in a Chemical Brothers rut. I don't know what that means. Hope work is going well. Yeah, work is awesome. Work is awesome. Learning Spanish. Yo, aprendiendo espanol. Muy bueno. You know, muy bueno. <laughs> um, yeah, it's coming along. Hopefully next month. month They're saying August 1st, but we'll see how it all turns out. But hopefully I'm going to be uh, supervising. Your boy got promoted in like less than half a year. Five months, four months on the job. Um, right on. See, I'm going to read my blog. This was a blog I published last week. We're going to read it. I'm just going to read it as it is. You can check out the blog. Can you check out all my other blogs? You know, JonathanCorey.blogspot.com. Um, there's some good ones there. I got some good ones in the works. I'm going to be more active. My problem with the blogs, I really like to pack a punch and make like a really big, awesome blog instead of just posting like my ramblings. <laughs> so I'm gonna do better at like posting more often, like shorter, little concise ramblings and not really these like big giant, well thought out masterpieces, you know? We're gonna read this. This is a blog called Why God? Why God, right? 
It is a short yet profound question asked by each and every one of us at some point in time. While existing in this fallen world, it is normal and expected to question the sufferings and the struggles, the injustices and the unfairness, the pains and the torments, the wrongs and the evils that seem to plague us. We often find ourselves lacking a complete understanding of our Creator and His plan. Searching through His Word for help or asking other people we trust for advice or insights when times are tough and bad things happen. We naturally enter into periods of questioning and concern when things don't go as planned and when stuff doesn't go our way. When the events that occur in this world and the circumstances of our lives become painful and tormenting. We often find ourselves in states of panic and doubt when the storms strike while we are out at sea. And even the most faithful of servants will at times forget that our Savior is always with us and that He has something amazing planned for us in time. That our, that our Maker is always working in every single circumstance of our lives, the good, the bad, the blessed, the cursed, and everything in between. But <laughs> how do we truly reconcile the fact that an all-loving, all-powerful God seems to just allow bad things to happen to us? How can our Lord just sit there and permit evils to be perpetrated, injustices to incur, occur, sufferings to exist, and chaos to ensue, even to those of us who remain fully obedient and faithful to him? If God exists and he loves us, then why must we endure hardships and struggles? If God knew us before we were born and predestined us unto salvation, then why must we go through all of this mess? We read in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41. If you want to pull out your Bibles, read along, Bible app. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4, verses 35 through 41, which reads, On that day when evening came, he said to them, Let's go over to the other side. After dismissing the crowd, he took, they took him along with them in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a fierce gale of wind developed, and the waves were breaking over the boat so much that the boat was already filling with water. And yet Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who then is this, that even the wind and sea obey him? Now, our lives in this temporary place will always be chaotic, right? <laughs> Painful and tormenting. This has been the case since the very beginning, when the first man allowed sin to enter into himself and then into, after that, the rest of creation. And it will continue on until the end of days. The enemy of all that is good, true, and beautiful has led us all into a state of spiritual separation 
from our creator and carries on promoting our rebellion against his right ways. Sin is responsible for all that is bad, false, and ugly in this place we exist in currently. And our enemy is the one who causes and sustains its unfortunate existence. You know, sin that is. This sinful nature has led to our pains and torments, and our true enemy Satan has been responsible for it all from the very beginning, continuing all the way down to us now, and even further on until the very end. The good news is that we will be rescued from the clutches of evil. We will be redeemed from the sins of our past. The Lord our God has saved us from our physical deaths through the work done by Christ, and we now have the chance to be set free from all the pain and torment experienced in these lives here and now. We read on in the Gospel of Mark, if you want to continue reading in your Bibles, <laughs> we read on in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 1 through 20, they came to the other side of the sea. So after Jesus calms the storm, right? They came to the other side of the sea, into the region of the Gerasenes. I think it's Gerasenes, right? Gerasenes? Gerasenes? When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs with an unclean spirit met him. He lived among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, not even with a chain, because he had often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken into pieces and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains, and cutting himself with the stones. Seeing Jesus from a distance, he ran up and bowed down before him, and shouting with a loud voice, he said, What business do you have with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you, by God, do not torment me. For he had already been saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And he was asking him, What is your name? And he said to him, My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the region. Now there was a large herd of pigs feeding nearby on the mountain. And the demons begged him, saying, Send us into the pigs so that we may enter them. Jesus gave them that permission, and coming out, the unclean spirits entered into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank into the sea, about 2,000 of them, and they were drowned in the sea. Their herdsmen ran away and reported it in the city and in the countryside, and the people came to see what it was that had happened. And then they came to Jesus, and saw the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed and in his right mind, the very man who had previously had the legion. And they became frightened. Those who had seen it described to them how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the pigs. And they began to beg him to leave their region. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed was begging him, that he might accompany him. And he did not let them. He did not let him. But he said to him, Go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you 
and how he had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him. And everyone was amazed. When we understand that our enemy is Satan, right? When we, you and I, everyone out there on TikTok or on DLive or on YouTube or my one Twitch homie, when we understand that our enemy is Satan, the deceiver who seeks to separate us from God, who tries to destroy and steal us, then we will fully know the why part of pain and torment existing. That phrase, why God, why, right? We will begin to fully understand that why when we understand that our enemy is Satan. Through Christ, we are healed and redeemed. In him, we overcome and triumph over sin and eventually find our place in the eternal kingdom of heaven. Once we know who our enemy is, we can then focus on what our Savior is doing. Once we realize that this world is sin-sick, we can then get on with spreading the cure. Our enemy, Satan, seeks to destroy mankind and lead souls away from their Creator. But when we fixate our eyes upon the glorious eternity awaiting us, then we shall be delivered. And once delivered, we enter into a mission of fixating the eyes of others in that same direction. And we keep reading in the Gospel of Mark. So if you just keep reading, this is all in order perfectly, right? In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verses 21 to 34, which reads, When Jesus had crossed over again in the boat to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him, and he stayed by the seashore. And one of the synagogue officials, named Jairus, came, and upon seeing him, fell at his feet and pleaded with him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Please come and lay your hands on her, so that she will get well and live. And he went off with him, and a large crowd was following him and pressing in on him. A woman who had a hemorrhage for twelve years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was not helped at all, but instead had become worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she had been saying to herself, If I just touch his garments, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And immediately, Jesus, perceiving in himself that power from him had gone out, turned in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, You see the crowd pressing in on you, and yet you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be cured of your disease. So, <laughs> right? Awesome. Amazing, right? I'm sure you've heard these stories, maybe. 
They're also depicted in the other Gospels as well, right? Just a little, a little more out of uh, order. But Jesus works in the circumstances of our lives, each and every one of us, right? You, me, Jesus works in all of the circumstances of our lives, the good, the bad, and everything in between. He hears us and he responds accordingly. If we look at the common thread of these passages from the Gospel of Mark, we find that the truth we find the truth that Jesus cares for those in distress. He is omnipotent and has authority over what is impossible to you and me. He heals those who are sick, he releases those who are possessed, and he rescues those who are in danger. He saves us from all that is bad and delivers us into an eternal life that is good. These three stories, boom, 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 right in a row in Mark, packing a punch. These three stories powerfully show that those in distress who come to Jesus for help end up finding healing, finding peace, finding freedom, and finding deliverance from the sins that plague us all. When we trust in the Lord our God, he will calm the storms. He will cast out demonic forces that plague us, and he will heal us of all our pains. It might not occur as immediately for us as, uh, you know, some others experience out there, right? Um, But with true faith, we will find everlasting life in his eternal and glorious kingdom. When we fully accept that we do not need to understand the why and why God, right? When we fully accept that we do not need to understand the why and we just decide to remain faithful to the God who made us and has great plans for us, we are then delivered from the perpetrator of all evils and reunited with the source of all that is good, true, and beautiful reunited with that source of all that is good, true, and beautiful. Willis checking in. What's going on, my brother? What's going on, brother? Played uh, disc golf yesterday with Willis, and uh, it was a fun time. It was really fun. 07s. 07s in the chat for my homie Willis. Maybe maybe you'll have to come on my stream sometime, brother. <laughs> my real stream. He's watching on TikTok, but... Uh, my real stream is going, as always, on all the all the places, all the streaming places. Um, but yeah, send me, send me comments or chats or questions. Um, I, too, I mean, the, I'm, now I'm just riffing. Now That was my article. That was my blog, right? Now we're just going to riff. Now we're going to talk about it. Even as I'm reading this, uh, something is coming to my mind just now, right? That, um, And I've heard people make this point before, but not specifically about these three um, stories and instances. But every single one of these people became afraid, right? So let me find it. Um, let me scroll. I gotta scroll. Sorry, awkward. <laughs> cue the music. Cue the uh, <laughs> cue the intermission music. So yeah, the people on the boat, right? They became. It says they became very much afraid and said to one another, "Who then is this that even the wind and sea obey him?" Right? So the disciples are even scared. Like, whoa. <laughs> this dude has that much power. Whoa, calm down, bro. <laughs> calm down, bro. Um, and then where's this one? Um, 
good dead air right here, right? Okay, I can't find it, but I'm sure I read it. I'm an idiot. But the common theme I was noticing in all three of them is that everyone started by being scared, right? And then they were healed, right? <laughs> and then their problems were solved, right? And I love that concept because I've, I've, I've heard people explain that very well, and I'm not going to do it justice. But that true faith starts with fear, right? You realize you're a sinner, and then fear sets in, like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, there's going to be consequences, right? Oh, no, right? The love of God actually starts with the fear of God. You start realizing, like, oh, no, there's going to be consequences for this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, what did, I, what did I do? What do I do? Oh, man. What did I do, and what do I do now? Oh, no. Like, Fear sets in, right? Like, I messed up, and there's going to be eternal consequences for my actions, right? But the good news, the good news that is the gospel is that there is now salvation for sinners, right? Jesus came and sacrificed himself in our place. So that fear, that, oh, no, oh, man, dude, I messed up, no. No, I'm going to spend an eternity in hell suffering away and removed from my creator. No. Well, good news for you, sinner, sinner out there, sinner out there on TikTok, Willis, <laughs> set of Acantus. Good news for all you sinners out there. There is a man who came. His name was Jesus. He died in your place so that you may now have eternal life, right? Now that you are scared, you can believe. And you can find salvation and be cured of the, that disease that was your sinful past, right? That good news of the gospel is that there is now salvation for sinners like you and for sinners like me, right? But I love that one too. The woman, there's so much to talk about the woman who touches his garments, right? Um, and I'm not going to be able to do it justice, but I'll touch on some points, right? But she reaches out, she touches those garments, Jesus turns and says, hey man, who touched me? <laughs> who touched me? His disciples are like, bro, everyone's touching you, what are you talking about? Bro, dude, you're in like a crowd of people, like everyone's touching you, bro, like what's your, what's your deal, dude? And uh, it says he looked around to see the woman who had done this, but the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had just happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth right right there boom right there terrified scared literally reaching out to just touch jesus literally in faith reaching out and just being like please please heal me i'm so desperate for your rest for your peace for your truth for your love i would like reach out in this crowd and i would just please heal me you know jesus turns and is like who touched me <laughs> who touched me right and she just starts, literally says fear and trembling, right? Like literal physical trembling. Now, there's there's so much extra profoundness, so extra depth to this story, right? Because women in that day were not, women in, in general were not to be in crowds of men like that, just moving around, just like moving and snaking in a crowd. Like today, we just like do it. We just like, you walk down the street, it's just like 50, 50% guys and girls. You go to a concert, 
it's just like dudes and girls together, you know. But women weren't just like in crowds of men. Like this crowd would have been all men trying to like talk to Jesus, get healed by Jesus. The fact that a woman was just there was bad enough. But also this woman had like bleeding. She was like basically like on her period consistently. She was bleeding from, you know, places <laughs> and it wouldn't stop, which made her unclean. Like according to Jewish law, according to the law of the land at this day, she was unclean, which means she shouldn't have been around anybody. Like even her family, her friends are not even supposed to touch her, like sit in the same seat as her, really be in the same room as her. Like she would have said, it says specifically for 12 years, right? A woman who had a hemorrhage for 12 years, right? For 12 years, she was quote unquote unclean and nobody should have been around her. And she would have had to like self-quarantine herself from everybody, right? She would have had to specifically stay away from people because she was unclean. So the fact that A, she's just a woman in the crowd, like weaving and trying to just get as close to Jesus as possible, reach out and touch him, that's crazy enough that like that happened. But the fact that she was like spiritually unclean in the eyes of like Jews of that day was absurd, like insane that she did that, right? Um, but she did it. She was, she knew, like she had so much faith that she was willing to suffer all those consequences, right? All those potential consequences, like literally potentially getting like stoned to death right there by a bunch of men. Um, at the very least, like put into jail or like beaten, right? But yet she did it. Yet she knew she had faith in Christ that he would heal, that he would bring her peace, that he would relieve her of her pains and her torments, right? He weaves his way through that crowd, reaches out. She does, weaves her way through the crowd, reaches out and touches him. And I'm not going to do this part justice, but there's even more profound, insane craziness about prophecy. It's either Malachi, Jer Jeremiah, or Isaiah. But one of those prophets basically says the Messiah will have healing power and even the tassel on his robes. So these robes have like tassels on them. Teachers, rabbis had like tassels on their robes, right? These little like like flinges, these little like flayed you know, I don't know what it's called, but like the little strains, strains, strands, right? Called tassels. And the Pharisees would, would abuse this and may basically try to make their tassels like really elegant or really like extraordinary and really long to kind of prove their like worth <laughs> and kind of like prove that they're the best rabbi because they have the best tassels. So it's safe to assume, I've never says this, but Jesus probably had very modest, very humble tassels, right? Um, but he did have tassels, and these tassels were referred to as wings. So sometimes these rabbis, they would say, if you could just touch the wing, right? The wings of the of the preacher, the wings of the, of the Pharisees or whatever, the rabbis, the teachers, the leaders, the elders. Um, so tassels and wings, and there's, again, I'm blanking on which prophecy it is, but the prophecy said that the Messiah will have healing power with even the touch of his wings, right? So flash forward to this moment where this woman goes and she grabs and she actually reaches out and touches and grabs his tassel, which is why Jesus recognizes and understands that he was specifically touched by someone and that that touch was specifically something that healed someone, right? So these people, like, he's in a crowd, and people are probably, like, bumping into him and touching him, right? And he's, like, <laughs> they're, like, reaching out and, like, grabbing his hair and, like, touching him and bumping into him. Like, he's in a big crowd, right? 
But like the fact that she reaches out and grabs his tassel, touches his tassel, she is healed. And it fulfills an Old Testament prophecy that the Messiah will have healing power in his wings, quote unquote, right? But it's actually like that tassel on his garments. The fact that she reached out, touched that tassel, was healed. That was a specific thing that Jesus would have been fully aware of and understood in that moment. Like someone deliberately had just reached out, grabbed that wing or that tassel, and was healed. Which is why Jesus, in that crowd, turns and says, who touched me, right? <laughs> who touched me? Who grabbed my tassel? Because he knew someone did specifically that and was specifically healed because of that. And she probably knew, maybe maybe she didn't, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume she probably knew that verse from the from the prophets that said if you just reach out and grab that wing you will have healing power from the messiah so this woman is like so fully confident that this this is the messiah he is going to heal her and all she has to do is just grab that tassel and it will be done right and she's willing to risk so much to get it done so much and then even after the fact she grabs it she's healed and jesus turns and says who touched me <laughs> who touched me right and she literally becomes fearful and trembling and i love that theme so back to my original start of this ramp rambling rant right that theme of that being scared and trembling before god before your lord Every time someone meets a messenger of the Lord or an angel of the Lord in the Bible, right? The first thing they have to say is like, calm down, calm down. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. <laughs> calm down, calm down. It's okay. It's okay. Hey, don't fear not, fear not, fear not. Hey, 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 shh, shh, shh. calm down, calm down. Because <laughs> every time people encounter God, it's like terrifying, right? You see who you are. You start really seeing who you are and the sinner you are, right? You start seeing like, oh no, <laughs> Oh no, there's going to be consequences for what I have done, right? So there is like this natural fear that arises from that. But again, the good news uh, that follows from that fear is faith and trust, is love, is hope. Hope in salvation, right? Yes, you're scared. Yes, you are a sinner. Yes, there, are, there is and should be consequences for sin, right? But your hope is now in the Lord, right? It is in the salvation that he can offer you. He it is in the salvation and the sacrifice, the salvation offered to you from the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, right? He died in your place so that you may now go live eternally and be relieved of your sins, right? Through your faith, by the grace of God. What's up, M1 Bear? What's going on? Willis, again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hearing out, hearing my ramblings. Um, yeah. Um, Said says, good news, I am in a state of sanctified grace. Takes uber discipline. Yeah. Yes. Sanctified. It's like my favorite word. <laughs> that everyone, everyone who's a Christian is going through the sanctification process, whether you know it or not. Uh, it's one of those big churchian words, those big like theological words, right? I've done a stream somewhere in like the early teens about sanctification where I explain it fully, but um, it's pretty much what happens after faith, right? After you find, after you encounter Christ, your life is transformed. And like we're talking about, you realize you are a sinner. You need a savior that's not yourself. You turn to Christ, the only one who can save you and the one who offers you salvation for your sins, right? 
after that, what do you do? <laughs> so boom, you encounter Christ. You realize you need a savior. You realize Jesus is your savior. You start praying and having faith in him. You start picking up your cross and carrying it, right? What does that mean? What do you do, right? What you do is you turn away from your sin. What you do is you start the trial and error process of overcoming your faults and your flaws and your wrongs. You start turning away from darkness and towards the light. And it's going to be a trial and error, right? You're going to fail. You're going to get back up. You're going to succeed. You're going to fail again. You're going to sin again. And you're going to repent for that again. And you're going to get back up and keep trying again, right? Because now you have faith and because you are now picking up your cross and you are carrying it, you are going to fall. You are going to stumble on that journey. But as long as you keep getting up, you keep standing back up, picking up that cross again and again and again and carrying it, and you continue to follow Christ and you continue to take the steps necessary to walk towards his eternal kingdom, that is sanctification. It's that process of continually trying to become more and more Christ-like after salvation right after you have been saved it's a trial and error process you're going to keep sinning you're going to get knocked down right but you're going to have to get back up you're going to have to keep repenting you're going to have to keep trying harder next time right and that is sanctification it's that process that trial and error process that follows salvation that follows being saved right and every christian is in a constant state of that become more christ-like you're going to keep falling short, you're going to keep failing, but you're going to keep trying. As you fall short, as you fail, you get back up, you dust your sandals off, you pick that cross back up, and you keep on walking. You keep on chugging along, right? That is sanctification. Put into like dumb idiot layman's terms. <laughs> Put into like, like Sean terms, you know? Sean Ramble terms. Uh, that is the sanctification process. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I'm in a state of sanctified grace. So you're in a state of constantly seeking to be Christ-like. Thanks be to God. And it takes uber discipline. It does take discipline and because you have to keep as you fail, you can't give up. You can't make excuses, right? You're going to fail. You're going to sin again. So what do you do? Do you throw a pity party, pity party and just whine and complain and make excuses and just start laying down and falling asleep? No. You get back up. You get back on that horse. You keep riding. You keep chugging along. You keep fighting, right? You live to fight another day whenever you fail, but you are living to fight that, now that, that extra day, right? You keep going, keep walking, you keep running the race. You don't give up, you don't take breaks, you don't start running in the opposite direction, <laughs> you know, you don't get in a car and start cheating and driving. No, you keep running that race. No matter how tired you get, no matter how many times you trip and fall, you keep running that race towards that finish line that is eternity and eternal salvation, right? And said in the chat says, fear of the Lord, the real definition of fear, which is awe. Yeah, it is all. Yeah. That first moment that you encounter God, that you truly fully realize that God is there. He is real. He does care about you and he does want a relationship for you. Um, and he is judging you. He's judging your sins. There is fear. <laughs> and there is awe, right? But again, the good news, I'm going to keep repeating myself. The good news is that there is now salvation for sinners 
And that fear that is naturally going to come at that first realization, that first awe-inspiring encounter of Christ, whenever Christ meets you, however, wherever, whenever Christ encounter, you encounter Christ, whenever he meets you, you're going to be in awe. You're going to be in fear. You're going to be in trembling, a, tre a state of trembling, right? Like these people in the Gospel of Mark. What do you do after that? <laughs> you find faith and you sanctify. You start on that journey of becoming more Christ-like, right? You start fixating your eyes on eternity. You start running that marathon. You start running that race that Paul always likes to describe for us. You keep going from there. But it's going to start with fear. Faith is going to follow. And then the works will follow after that, right? Your works will follow naturally after that. That sanctification process will happen after that. Um... So yeah, <laughs> Margie, Margie or Margie, Margie Cooney in my uh, TikTok chat says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's awesome. I'm pretty sure that's a psalm, a psalm or a proverb, right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's perfect. <laughs> that's not a good point. That's the perfect point, right? That's the perfect capper on that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and it is. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. It is realizing like exactly who you are. It's starting, it's the, the fear of seeing who you actually are. <laughs> the fear of, it's like um, if you're like just completely naked in a room and it's like a big party or something and like it's everyone's in darkness. So like, it doesn't really matter that you're naked. Like it doesn't really matter that you're, uh, maybe you're like really drunk and you just puked on yourself. <laughs> And you're naked and you're just in like the worst state possible, like physically or like emotionally. It doesn't matter when, it, when you're in the darkness, right? Because everyone's in the darkness. No one can see you. No one can see how gross and disgusting you are and like how degenerate you are and um, how lost and broken you are, right? But the moment someone turns that lights on, right? Then <laughs> the lights come on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh gosh, now everyone can see me, right? It's sort of like that. <laughs> it's sort of like that. Sorry for the really bad uh, analogy here. But it's sort of like that in a way. That light turns on, like boom, you're exposed to the light. And now you see yourself for exactly who you are. You see just how broken and lost you are. Just how disgusting and degenerate you are. Just how horrible you have been to people, to others to your God that's given you so much, like literally giving you everything and so far beyond, so much so much more than you can possibly even begin to thank him for. And you start seeing it. You start seeing yourself and you start seeing your place in this existence and in this reality and in his plan. And that light just exposes it all, right? It just exposes you for exactly who you are now that you've been exposed to that light. And you can you can't you can no longer hide in that darkness, right? You can no longer hide anywhere. You start realizing, like, man, I am this way. I am a sinner, and boy, do I deserve <laughs> some penalties. Boy, do I deserve some consequences for my actions. Um, someone's invited me to go live. I don't know who you are, so I'm not going to accept it. Sorry, no offense. No offense. Hit me up in the chat and give me a good reason why I should go live with you right now on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know who you are, though. I've never seen you before. Um, <laughs> if you want to hop on my Discord, you can come on my stream live um, and chat and talk, and we can debate or discuss some stuff. But um, 
Yeah. So that's my rant about the, the thing I noticed just now re- rereading my blog, right? So shout out to my blog. <laughs> Seanofthegory.blogspot.com. You can read all of that, all my other previous blogs. I'm going to have a bunch more coming out in the next couple months. Um, and then I have this picture, which TikTok, you're not going to see this. You can Google it, though. It's a Rembrandt picture. I don't know the guy's first name, but he's a famous artist. His name is something Rembrandt. And it's this gorgeous picture of the boat out on sea, caught in the storm, everyone panicking, <laughs> everyone having fear, right? Except for Jesus, excuse me, who's just super chilling, just super chilling through it all. But I wanted to look this up, and I guess we'll just do it live here. Info Galactic said, is it info.galactic or is it just info galactic? Because I want to use Infogalactic and not Wikipedia anymore, right? Because Infogalactic keeps it real and isn't propaganda. There's Info.Galactic. And then, of course, I'm streaming, so my internet's slow. But I'm going to look this up because someone was telling me the story about this painting. And I use this painting in my blog, um, in the social promos. Galactic, right? I might just have to Wikipedia it. But there's a story, I think, about how this was stolen. And we're going to look this up in real time. Let's see what it's all about. That's a Rembrandt, I think it's called The Storm of Galilee. Rembrandt. Storm. Let's see if that goes. And let me know what you guys think about the uh, house music change up. The lo fi house beats instead of the lo fi chill hop. The storm on the Sea of Galilee. The Storm on the Sea of Galilee is a painting from 1633 by the Dutch Golden Age painter Rembrandt van Rijen. I don't know, that's his first name. Rembrandt van Rijen. Rin. R I J N. All my Dutch homies out there. <laughs> hey, all my Dutch dudes out there. How do you say uh, Rembrandt's name? Rembrandt van Rijen. Ridge? Rin? Rin? Is it like a silent J? That was in the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum of Boston, Massachusetts before being stolen in 1990. Yeah. The painting depicts the miracle of Jesus calming the storm on the Sea of Galilee, as depicted in the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Mark in the New Testament of the Christian Bible. It is Rembrandt's only seascape. Um. The theft itself. On the morning of March 18, 1990, thieves disguised as police officers broke into the museum and stole the storm on the Sea of Galilee and 12 other works. It is considered the biggest art theft in U.S. history and remains unsolved. The museum still displays the painting's empty frames in their original locations. On March 18, 2013, the FBI announced they knew who was responsible for the crime. 
Crime analysis has suggested that the heist was committed by an organized crime group. There have been no conclusions made public as the investigation is ongoing. Sounds sus. <laughs> Sounds sus, right? Um, and a bunch of other things. Yeah. Beautiful painting, though. It is a truly beautiful painting. You can't see it here on TikTok. Y'all on TikTok can't see it, but uh, it's on my live stream feed. You also can't hear the house music bumping in the background. Painting in vertical format shows a close-up view of Christ's disciples struggling frantically against the heavy storm to regain control of their fishing boat. A huge wave beats the bow and rips the sail. One of the disciples is seen vomiting over the side. <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uh, <laughs> gross, right? Another one looking directly out at the viewer is a self-portrait of the artist. Only Christ, depicted on the right, remains calm. The close-up treatment of the subject and the overall composition go back to the print made by Adrienne Collaert after a design by the Flemish artist Martin DeVos. That print depicting the storm on the, on the Sea of the Galilee was plate 8 in the 12-part blah 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 blah. Um, Rembrandt, Rembrandt's painting follows the portrait format in his composition and also depicts the boat in a forward tilting position. Like in the print, most of the space of the work is taken up by the main motif, which is the disciples on the boat struggling against the elements. Yeah, also just something to know, and we'll start wrapping up. So if you have any final questions and comments, send them in the chats, um, wherever you're watching this, comment later on if you're replaying this. But there's another good point to be made about the, the disciples in that boat where, like, they were fishermen. <laughs> like, at least four of them, if not five, were, like, literally fishermen that literally used to fish on the Sea of Galilee, right? And so the fact that they're freaking out means that this storm is, like, an abnormal storm, right? Because they're probably used to this. They were, like, fishermen on this on this lake, Right? So the fact that they're like literally freaking out and going crazy and they're like so amazed and like literally terrified that Christ can calm the seas and calm the storm. Um, you know, it shows you a lot. It wasn't just like homies, like dudes who are like, yeah, I've never been on one of these boats. Oh no, it's shaking a little bit. No, like these guys grew up, like their trade was fishing. <laughs> their trade, like literally what they did all day every day to like feed their family was like this was like being on this boat being on a boat boats like this probably if not this exact boat on this exact lake right or sea so that's just something to note right that's like an ab gotta be an abnormal storm and it's gotta be um pretty wild that they're so scared about dealing with it right and handling it um yeah so that's that. That's that painting. I just thought it was dope. Someone told me there's like something else to it about the way he painted it or something. How he painted it. 
and you learn something new. You learn you learn something new every night. I didn't know Rembrandt was his first name, and uh, that uh, they didn't catch the people who stole it. You know, it's got to be somewhere. <laughs> it's got to be somewhere, unless someone like burnt it or like ate it. <laughs> just eating it, <laughs> just ripping it apart and eating it, just for fun, just to say they did. Uh, it's got to be somewhere though, right? Someone's got to have it. Um, I'll bring this up. This was cool. Again, TikTok, you're not going to see this. But um, this is, I pulled this up on one of my streams earlier in the year. It's uh, my challenge to myself and to y'all about um, the self-improvement, right? So I got to move, move my TikTok stand so I can see this. <laughs> I got to move my TikTok tripod. Um, so if, if you're not gonna see it on TikTok, you're not gonna you're not gonna see it on the podcast. That's why I'm gonna read it and talk about it. But I pulled this up in one of my previous streams earlier this year about spending three hours a day on self improvement. One hour being physical fitness, one hour being mental fitness, and one hour being spiritual fitness. Right? And you can overlap this. There's ways you can like be getting your mental fitness on as you're doing your physical fitness, which is what I do. I listen to like interesting podcasts or radio shows, or like sermons um, while I lift, while I work out, uh, you know, as I work, you know, and there's like, as I work, I work outside doing landscape for like eight to 10 hours a day. So I'm like literally, without a point, I'm like literally doing physical, at least one hour of physical fitness a day, right? And while I'm doing it, I have like a Headphone in, you know, podcasting. It's the kind of the same thing. Sermons or just interesting podcasts and stuff like that. But also just taking that extra one hour of actually getting into your spiritual fitness, right? Actual meditation, silent prayer, prayer, spiritual studies, not just a sermon in, the, in your ear while you're distracted, but actually vibing into it, actually getting your Bible out every day. Um, I showed this in my last stream, but I have this bilingual Bible. So not only am I learning Spanish, I'm doing the mental fitness part, I'm also getting into the spiritual fitness part at the same time um, and overlapping some stuff and not in a cheating shortcut way. <laughs> but if you can't see it, the one hour physical fitness says, you know, basically do running one of these things at least once a day, if not something else similar to it. But an hour physical fitness that's something like running, hiking, lifting, martial arts, swimming or sports right and then there's one hour of mental fitness which is reading education documentaries podcasts journaling or debate and then one hour of spiritual fitness meditation prayer spiritual studies musical instrument uh, arts and crafts and community service and since i've been since i've challenged myself live on stream when i brought this up and i challenged y'all to do it i've been crushing <laughs> I have a little tally on my calendar over here where I uh, check every day. I either give myself a red X. Did I do this legitimately? No cheating, no cap. Did I do this or did I complete it? And I have very few X's. It's been, uh, I don't have my calendar sheets ready or uh, readily available in another room. But um, I want to say I'm at like 95, 98% every day. I think only a couple times have I got had to get that red Sharpie out and draw an X, right? And usually there's like an excuse, a quote-unquote excuse, right? 
But um, it's never really a good excuse. <laughs> you could have woken up a half hour earlier. You know, you could have done some. You could have managed your time a little better. You could have prepared ahead, ahead a little better. But um, overall, I've been doing this. I've re- read a bunch of books. I've been getting into the word so much more. I've been learning so much about like masculinity and righteousness. Um, interesting stuff about people, heroes, um, like people doing heroic things. And um, been learning my ukulele. Been te- trying to teach myself my ukulele. Getting a little better at that. And um, yeah, live stream stuff, all this kind of stuff. So I've been doing pretty good, and I've lost 22 pounds. So officially, I've lost 22 pounds since February 1st. It might have been actually the second when I weighed myself. But from the beginning of February to now, I'm down 22 pounds. That sounds like a lot, (laughs) but I was really fat. So now I'm just fat. (laughs) I went from like really fat to like just fat. So I still have like an extra like at least 45 pounds to go. Um, so yeah, so I've done 22 pounds. That sounds good to me. That's not even that great. Cause I still got like 40, 50 pounds more to go, but we're doing it. We're taking it. We're step by step. We're going, we mess up. We get back up. We keep rolling. We keep trying. We keep overcoming. We keep crushing. Right. Uh, so that's that hardwood bear says, is this live? Yes, this is live. That's how I'm answering your question right now. This is live. What's going on? Um, We are live on TikTok. We are live on TikTok. We are live on VK.com, on Odyssey.com, Twitch.tv, DLive.tv, and YouTube.com. What's going on, Harbor Bear? Bear 7's in the chat. O7's in the chat. What's up? He says, what's up, bud? I personally feel just getting in the zone while working is meditation. And yeah, that definitely is. For real, that definitely is. Like, like no cap on that, right? <laughs> Am I a Zoomer yet? <laughs> I like use no cap, unironically. Like no cap and then like cringe and like base has just infiltrated my vocabulary. Like, does that make you a Zoomer yet? Uh, <laughs> but what's going on, man? Hope all is well, brother. I'm wrapping up. I did want to say too, before we kind of do start to wrap up, wrap up. I'm going to start doing my good news for my dude streams. They used to be like full length streams. I'd go live on Instagram and do like 30 minute long streams where I had like four or five or six devotionals. I'm going to start just breaking it up because I haven't had time to just do those, sit down and do those. And uh, I don't think people like watching and listening to that long of a stream about that anyways. So I'm just going to start breaking them up into like short little segments, short little devotionals, and little talks and little miniature ramblings and just post them on here on my TikTok, on my Instagram and stuff, social media is my Telegram, my Gab. Um, so yeah, my good news for my dude streams are now just going to be in like clip form, <laughs> like short, maybe minute, couple minute clip form, not like the full drawn out stream version. And again, just post it on like my TikTok, my Instagram, my Gab, my um, that stuff, right? You know, just short little bursts of devotionals by men for men on my social pages. So, um, yeah, TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Gab, and Discord. It's pretty much everywhere I am as of now. Um, I might be sneaking back onto Twitter soon. We'll see. I might be getting a second phone line for another different reason. And if I can, if I can make that work, I might sneak my way back onto Twitter. 
if I can with that new phone number. And um, if that doesn't work, I might open back up my Facebook page that's been deactivated for like two years or three years um, and just roll because I want to roll live with that, right? I have an extra spot on my um, streaming software. I can stream to six places on the streaming software I use. I'm only streaming to five places right now. So I want to fill that last one with either all the boomers and my family and friends on uh, Facebook, which might be a good, might be the best call ever. Might be a, might be a horrible call trying to do that, or uh, try to get back my uh, Twitter following that I lost uh, previously, a couple thousand at one point over on the tweets, the Twitterverse. But I'm done with Trovo. Trovo sucks. No one's on it. It sucks. It makes me re-log in every week. It's really annoying. <laughs> So I'm just done completely with streaming on Trovo. So I have like an extra, you know, space um, to stream. I might go back on Twitter. I might go on Facebook. We'll see where that takes me. But yeah, again, for now, the socials are only TikTok, Instagram, Telegram, Gab, and um, Discord. And I will I will post my good news for my dude streams there, which are, again, not going to be full streams. They're going to be like little clips. Um Sorry, I didn't see your comment. Margie or Margie? I think it's Margie, right? That's a good point. I hadn't considered before. It also means they would have known it was supernats. Supernatural. Oh, about the fishers. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Yeah, they, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, they would have had to know it was like supernatural and crazy. Just the fact that the storm was that big and that outrageous that they were like freaking out and panicking. And the, uh, as the Rembrandt painting, sh painting shows, literally someone puking over the side. <laughs> I didn't even notice that, but I guess, yeah, it was there. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and then also the fact that Jesus can just, like, with a word, stop it, right? Stop that insanity and that craziness, right? Yeah, that would ha they would have to know it was supernatural at that point. Like, with beyond, beyond a shadow of a doubt, which is probably also why they were so scared. Which is why it, like, deliberately leaves in the fact that they were scared in that moment. Good job on the fat loss. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> thank you. I can tell a little bit. Like my neck is a little skinnier. My arms are a little skinnier. My legs, like my calf area, my like legs are a little like skinnier. But uh, my gut is still there. That's what I'm trying to lose. I'm trying to keep my muscle and lose my gut, right? My big old belly. And instead I'm like losing small amounts of fat everywhere else in my body first, right? But I think that's how it works with everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm special in that unique, like, why, poor me, why me mentality of, like, can I just lose my fat gut? Um, but, yeah, 22 pounds down. I probably got, like, 45 or 50 more to go. I want to be under – my goal was to be under 215 by the new year. And I am at 260 right now, 260 right now. So that's 45 pounds, right? <laughs> Hardwood says we need that gut for the next tug of war. Yeah. <laughs> Microgreens to lose the belly. Yeah. <laughs> we need that gut for the next tug of war. Yeah. I need to not shave my beard down the two days before the tug of war so that I can just, without a doubt, without a shadow of a doubt, be on the beards team. <laughs> next year at the next tug of war. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was awesome. Crush Fest up in PA was so sick, so dope. 
And uh, I am going to Crush Fest in Springfield, too. Or not Springfield. It's not Springfield. But in Missouri. It's, I think it's kind of somewhere by Springfield, but it's not. Maybe an hour away or something. But the big Crush Fest over Labor Day weekend, I will be there. I'm making it out. I'm making the drive again. I made the drive up to the Western PA Crush Fest. I got to make the drive out to the Missouri Crush Fest. I talked to Coddington already. He's going to be there. Going to finally meet my boy, the sweet prince, Coddington, in person. And he's also going to come back on the stream either once or twice in uh, the next couple months. We're going to either stream before Crush Fest or we're going to like recap it after the fact. But um, yeah, Cod's coming on the stream. Going to meet Cod in person. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be sick. That sweet, sweet prince, Coddington Bear. Um, yeah, Texas County. I was confused when someone said that at first. But yeah, Texas County, Missouri. Lemon water only for 30 days. Lose 15 pounds. Yeah. Well, I heard like the... There's some things you can do where you can kind of cheat it, like the cabbage soup diet, right? There's some things you can do where like you do a certain diet or you eat, you eat or drink certain things that like clean your bowels out <laughs> it, like cleans your guts out right it's like Drano for your guts um and then you just like magically lose 10 pounds like yeah because you have like gunk in your in your intestines that will clean out but that's like temporary because then that gunk slowly just starts resettling right re-clogging up in there so the real thing is just legitimately being disciplined about food legitimately eating like healthy food <laughs> but like really just working out and exercising regularly. That's kind of just the move I want to do. And it, to me, it's like, I don't even want to like look dope. I don't want to like look ripped and have be skinny and like, yeah, I'm, I'm hot. <laughs> I just want to not be fat. I just want to be healthy. I want to not get winded when I walk up like three or four flights of stairs. <laughs> I want to like be able to just like run and like play sports and not be like the fat guy that's like holding everyone back, right? I just want to like be good, be chill, be healthy, solid, healthy, eating good, healthy foods, being like in athletic shape, good fighting shape, <laughs> like normal person fighting shape, not like fighter fighting shape. So yeah, I just want to be a reasonable size. I have a bunch of muscle on me, which is why I weigh so much. Like when I say 265, people like don't even believe it. Because I'm not like that, that fat. <laughs> but I do like legitimately, like that's not me bragging or showing off or whatever. Like I just have a bunch of muscle because I've been fat for a while. <laughs> My whole life I've like gotten fat and then gotten skinny and then gotten fat and then gotten skinny and then gotten fat and then gotten skinny, right? Um, and when you do that, when you like live as a fat man and you're athletic and you do lift weights and you do like compete in sports... And you are, like, being, like, getting skinny and then you kind of, oops, I got fat again. Let me go on a mission to get skinny again. Lift weights, run a lot. You start to just naturally build up more muscle. Like, it's like the it's like if you were skinny and you were, like, trying to train with, like, weights on you. <laughs> like, if you just put a 50-pound backpack, like, a 50-pound, 50, 50 pounds of bricks in a backpack and you strapped it to your belly... And then, and then you went out to play sports. <laughs> like you're naturally going to acquire more muscle, you know. So that's kind of my life is like being the fat kid with a belly 
while also being like pretty athletic and pre- like actually like lifting weights and like doing a bunch of cardio my whole life, I've kind of naturally gotten like pretty strong, right? Can you see the strength? Can you see that? <laughs> Can you see that? Can you see the muscles I got? Can you see the guns? Welcome to the gun show, right? But I want to keep it. So I don't want to wither away. I'm not trying to like starve myself or do some cheap fad diet where I like clean my guts out and lose 15 pounds just to get the magic number on the scale down. It's like a legitimate, like I want to like just be skinny, be in shape, really, not for any like particular reason, just like just being athletically in shape and um, not losing my muscles along the way. So rant over about me and my body, right? (laughs) Rant over. Uh, Hardwood Bears got to go. Put the kids down. See you later. Um, Yeah, hit me up. I'm usually really busy throughout the week, so whenever you hit me up, hit me up on the weekends. Um, Saturdays and Sundays. Sundays, obviously, after church. Like, in the afternoon or at night. And yeah, Saturdays sometime. That's usually the best time I can get back to you. So with that, so with all that, thanks, y'all. Thanks, y'all, for tuning in. Um, we're creeping closer to 100. Um, again, that's going to be, um, next week is episode 99. We're going to talk about the 99. (laughs) I can't not talk about the 99 on episode 99. And, um, then episode 100 is going to be Thursday, the 22nd. It's going to be a two part stream of just clips and highlights from the previous 99 episodes. Um, yeah, thanks for tuning in again. Do me a favor, guys. Hey, y'all. You, all of you watching and listening, do me a favor and uh, share this stream. Like, not just specifically this stream. Maybe that, too. But my channel, the stream, all of the streams, the interesting ones, the ones you've liked in the past, the ones you've gotten inspired by or uh, learned from. Send them to people you love or people you hate. <laughs> Send them to your friends or your enemies. Um, leave some comments, leave some reviews, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening to this, hit like the little, you know, you can give me a four star. That's cool. (laughs) Give me some five star ratings, some four star ratings, leave a little comment, leave a little review, wherever you're watching, wherever you're listening. It'll help me out for sure. For real. It'll help me on this mission I'm on. Um, screenshot it, screenshot, whatever you're listening to this, this one or one of my previous streams and, uh, Share it on your socials. Again, send it to your friends, your family, your enemies. (laughs) People you love, people you hate, people you just met like five minutes ago on the side of the street. Send them the stream. Let them know about this heat. Um, And if you, like you personally, ever want to just talk, slide into my private messages on my social media accounts or uh, just send me cool letters to my P.O. box. Uh, stop getting cool letters from all you dudes out there. I used to have some awesome pen pals that I had writing back and forth to. Not so much anymore. But I'm, occasionally I will get some cool stuff. Like you guys do send me like cool hats, funny hats, sweatshirts. I got a pair of shoes that don't fit me. <laughs> I got a pair of like dad shoes that don't fit me from someone. So that was cool, I guess. Dissident Soaps hooked me up with some soaps. So shout out to everyone that's like sending me cool stuff. Um, I will always take cool stuff to my P.O. box or letters. I'll write back for sure. Um, if you want to send me like, you know, some 9mm ammo, that would be highly appreciated. <laughs> any like silver, any like loose silver you have laying around, you want to send me that or 
any seeds. I'm growing uh, growing zone seven, and I can make a six work as well. So you have any seeds lying around? I'll definitely start collecting those and adding those to uh, my seed bank. So uh, yeah, don't forget. You know, any nine millimeter, wink, 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 wink. Hey, if you guys have nine mm ammo, wink, 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 or uh, some silver or some seeds, you know, just lying around somewhere. Feel free to uh, send them to my P.O. box <laughs> or write me letters and we can talk. Um, that's S-E-A-N-C-O-R-Y, Sean Corey, P.O. Box 330-172, Nashville, Tennessee, 37203. And I am at Jonathan Corey everywhere, um, at Jonathan Corey on all the things. Maybe Twitter again soon, maybe Facebook again soon, we'll see. But JonathanCorey.com has all my stuff. Linktree slash JonathanCorey has all my stuff and things. Thank y'all for um, appreciating me. <laughs> I appreciate that you appreciate me. I appreciate and thank you for uh, listening to me like tonight and just over the years. Um, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, thanks, Sed. Sed says, good to see you, brother. Take care. Talk to you soon. And we'll set up that day on the calendar again. Yeah, definitely. You're going to have to come on the stream sometime. And talk about all the stuff you're doing. But um, yeah, thanks again, guys. Remember to go out this week and uh, seek what is good, true, and beautiful. Love and serve the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. And uh, do good, be good, love and be loved. As always, I love you, every single one of you. There's nothing you can do to change that. And uh, as always, yeah, I'll see you back here for episode 99 next Monday night. 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central. So have a good week, guys.